hitting God good. My Lord, I got home last night. I was still chewing on what y'all did to me. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Uh, what a time, what a time. What an honor to be here with your apostles. Mary and Stephanie Dalton are such integral parts of mine and Dee's life. Tremendous leaders in the kingdom. And I know that you love them, but I want you to tell them this morning how much you honor them. Come on, make some noise. How many is ready to go from glory to glory? Uh, you may be seated. Know that we love you. I looked at my wife just before I walked up here and I said, my biggest concern in this atmosphere is going over my 10 minutes. Now, I said, the man of God said, take my liberty, but I came today with such an anticipation of hearing the God voice that he's raised up from Nigeria to help save America. You're here by divine appointment in this nation. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sacrificing your life to come here to this country. We need you. We need your voice. need your anointing. You're a gift to us. And today we honor you so deeply. We love you from the depths of our heart. Father, make, make the way easier and easier as he brings revival to our nation, changes the destiny of multitudes, raises up churches. Thank you for him today, and I bless him by the authority as an apostolic voice, God, to do greater things than he's ever imagined. In the name of Jesus, tell this man of God how much we love him. You may be seated. Strange word, the word the Lord just spoke in my heart this morning is just a word. I haven't really uh, got to the depths of it yet, but God gave it to me, and I'm just going to share what the Holy Ghost said, and uh, we're going to see what God's going to do with you all today. But I can tell you your best days are about to happen. I said your best days are about to happen. Whatever's in your past, pucker up and kiss it goodbye. Your best days are about to happen. This is a God moment. This is a defining moment. This is a moment in the kingdom of God where God's going to raise men and women of God out of obscurity to the forefront with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He handpicked you. I said, he handpicked you. This is such a moment of destiny. When God put in our apostles' lives to have this meeting, he wrote it in his book, 
ordered your steps, orchestrated everything that's going on. God kept saying to me this morning that he orchestrated this meeting supernaturally. He put it together. He brought us together. This is a God moment of destiny. You're about to step into the best days of your life. Your greater is about to happen. Somebody say, my greater is coming. I got my greater is coming. He said, your ladder will be greater. Your ladder will be greater. I don't care how great you've been in the past. I know this is a brand new season for D and I. And I'm telling you, our greatest days in the kingdom of God are coming on us right now. Get ready. I said, get ready. God is about to do something awesome. God is changing your woes to wows. I'm going to say it again. Not everybody's going to get this. You said, woe about this and woe about that and woe about this situation and woe about that doctor's report and woe about your bank account. Get ready. God's about to wow your entire life by the supernatural. I came here for a while. Glory to God. Be seated. You're clapping on your own time. Apostle, don't hold that against me. But God said today, this day, he's going to turn your woes into wows. The doctor's report is about to change. I said the doctor's report is about to change. I said your bank account is about to change. God's about to testify. I told you last night how my haircut her. Wednesday was getting a haircut. They was making fun of me after church last night because I called her a haircutter. She is a haircutter. She cuts my hair. She said to me Wednesday, I've got to have a miracle financially. She is stressed. She is struggling. And she said, Prophet, do you have a word for me? I said, yeah, I do. Put your scissors down. And she backed up, and I said, the Lord is going to send supernatural money into your bank account. Now, for some of you, that's really far out. But she went to her bank account online Thursday, and there was an extra $14,000 been deposited in her bank account. How many is ready for God to wow your bank account? You see, I came from poverty. I was raised below the tracks. I knew what it was to look through the floor and see chickens scratching underneath our floor. I knew what that life was. But I also found out, he said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. How many is ready for some abundant life? I never will forget I was in a meeting and 
the Holy Ghost said to me, give $10,000. Now, that's not much to y'all. That was a lot of money to me. Help this ministry. Give $10,000 to it. I said, well, Lord, my bank account doesn't say I have $10,000. He said, well, I've got plenty. Just go ahead and make out an envelope. Give everything you've got, and I'll give you the rest of it. I made out the envelope for $10,000, took it up to the leader, and I said, this is what God told me to do, so it's up to him. I put in there all I've got. That's my seed. My harvest is coming. Some of y'all look at me like, wow. No, I said, God's about to wow your bank account. God knows how to get money to you that you can't even imagine. So I made that, and I'll make it real short because I went to my little mailbox in front of my house at 323. I'll just leave the address off. I was pastoring in Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, God sent me there to lead the governor to the Lord. The only reason I was in that state and pastoring that church mainly was because God had a governor named George C. Wallace that hated black people and was a sinner. And God said, I want you to go there and change his life. I'm a country boy. I don't know nobody, nobody in Alabama. And God says to me, you go on a fast, I'll do the rest of it. And I was drinking water from the faucet, and I was listening to God on the third day because I love hamburgers and french fries. And for God to tell me to go on a fast, it better hurry. Some of y'all still trying to catch up with me. I'm telling you, God knows me. He made me. I said, Lord, I'm going to go on a fast, but you better hurry. I smelled the hamburgers and hot dogs and onions, and I smelled all that stuff. Finally, on the third day, he said, call the captain. I called the capital. They put me through about 12 women. Finally, a little girl came on. And she said, hello, what do you need to see the governor for? And I said, because he's going to hell and he hates black people. Hello? Uh, Hello? Hello? I think she hung up on me. Hello? Finally, she come back home. She's just crying, sobbing. I'm so sorry, Pastor. I'm so sorry. I said, what are you crying about? She said, I just took this job three days ago and said, I took it so the governor could get saved because I'm a little Pentecostal girl and I love Governor George C. Wallace. And I said, well, I don't know him, but God told me to come and lead him to Jesus. She said, you got five minutes if you get here right now. I said, I'm on my way. I went and jumped my car, went to the Capitol, Montgomery, Alabama, walked in, walked into his old huge office. He is sitting behind this big desk in his wheelchair, had his glasses down like this. He looks up at me and said, Sonny boy, what can I do for you? I said, nothing. He said, why are you here? I said, because you're going to hell and you hate black people. He fell over on his desk. 
Mark, I'm talking about just fell over on his death. Began to weep like I did when I came to God. And he was shaking and convulsing under a heavy Holy Ghost move in his life. And he kept saying at once, why, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And the girl said, you got five minutes. I'm looking at my watch. Five minutes. I'm down to four minutes. I got one minute left. I tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, your, your honor, uh, 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 I only have five minutes, and four minutes is gone. He looked up at me, his face soaking wet, his desk had water tears all over it. He said, son, did you read the name on that office door when you walked in? I said, yes, sir. He said, what did it say? I said, it said the Honorable George C. Wallace, governor of Alabama. He said, then I suggest you get a seat. I sat down. He continued to weep. Finally, he looked up at me and said, now tell me what to do. I led him in a prayer that shook hell. Oh, I led him in an old-fashioned, blood-bought, sanctified, Holy Ghost prayer. And I said, Governor, God's going to set you free. The power of God shook him. He started shaking in that wheelchair. God set him free. I want to tell somebody, God's about to wow us. This is a wow moment in the kingdom of God where God's going to do the impossible. Got through, he said, what do I need to do? I said, well, Governor, you need to testify publicly that you got your heart right and that you love black people. And he said, well, I'll do it at your church Sunday. I said, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, I just got in town, Governor. I'm new here. He said, I don't care. I'm coming to your church Sunday. And I'm going to testify. I said, well, uh, okay. So I went to church, told the top leadership, I said, Sunday Governor Wallace was coming, going to tell about how he got delivered from hatred, and sin, bondage. Keep it to yourself. So that was on Tuesday. On Thursday, my office said, there's somebody here who wants to see you. I walked out. It was the FBI, the sheriff, the chief of police, a bunch of other unknown folks. They said, we're fixing to find out if there's a bomb in this house. I said, ain't no bomb in this house. They said, we're going to find out. They went under the platform, into the attic, searching for a bomb. I said, I ain't got no bombs in this house. They searched, and finally they come out and said, you're clear. He called me on my cell phone on Saturday, and he said, I need to talk to you. I thought, oh, Jesus. I done built him a plat, a, a runway to get up on the stage in his wheelchair. What, what is it, Governor? <clears throat> he said, the only way I'm going to come give that testimony you got to hold my hand while I talk. I took him by the hand that Sunday morning. But I, I later that afternoon, I called him back, and I said, I have a suggestion for you, Governor. 
since you're needing to get right with all the black people of Alabama and ask their forgiveness, why don't you hook it up to statewide television? I've got the microwave. I've got the cameras. I'm on ABC every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock live shooting from our church. Let's shoot it to the whole state. You got that authority. He said, count it done. My God, we got there, cranked up that Holy Ghost music, let the Holy Ghost power fall. People was out in the aisles bucking and shouting and praising God, spinning and dancing. The altars were filled with people going crazy. I thought, oh, well, they don't know. Go ahead, make yourself at home. And so the governor came up. I took him by the hand. Here's his words. He said, this preacher came to my office this week on Tuesday. And he said, most of y'all know my blood was shed on the streets as I was shot down running for the president. And he said, hatred filled my heart. But this preacher brought me the blood of Jesus. And in my office, he set me free. And I'm free today. And I love every black person in the world. But Alabama, I love you Thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus. That place shook under the Holy Ghost. And God broke the barrier between white, black, brown, yellow, polka-dotted, and brotherly fire. This is that defining moment. Listen to me carefully. God's got something bigger than you've ever seen. God's got something greater than you've ever testified to. Be seated. I'm going to read you a scripture and I'm going to get out of your way. I'm ready to hear the man of God. I'm going to read to you from the Message Bible. I love the King James. I got amplified King James both in this. But I'm a country boy, so every once in a while, I read the Message Bible. And the Passion Translation. And whatever other translations. This is what God gave to me. You can write it down, meditate on it. Job 5, verse 9, the Message Bible said, After all, somebody say, after all, God is famous. How many would agree to that? God is famous. For great unexpected acts. Somebody say, an unexpected act act is about to happen to me. You see, some of y'all got it all charted out. I did too, but he sent me to the governor's office. Are you listening to me? He sent me to the governor's office. And when you think you've got it all charted out, listen to the last part of this. There is no end to his Surprises. 
God said, tell you, you're about to be surprised. How many is ready for God to surprise you? Now, I'm putting a wrapper on this. Watch this. If God could take a shepherd boy, 17 years old, and make him a giant killer, he can take care of your situation. Surprise, surprise. Mr. Goliath, nine foot tall, laughing at God and his people, making fun of the covenant, and all of a sudden a little shepherd boy, red-headed, freckle-faced, bow-legged. Well, how you get all that? I don't know. Stepped on, steps onto the battlefield, bringing a basket of cheese and crackers to his brothers. What Goliath didn't know, God was about to surprise him. What your situation you're facing may not know, God's about to surprise it. How many is ready for a God surprise? Unexpected, unexpected, supernatural act of God. Something beyond your ability, God's about to do. I gave that $10,000. Y'all thought I forgot it. I'm coming back to it. I gave that $10,000 commitment. I've never been in the military. I went for a physical. I don't have an eardrum on this side. Even though I can hear fine out of this ear, I don't have an eardrum. So the, the doctors, they called about four or five doctors around me when they just give me the physical to go to Vietnam, to go to the military. And they said, sir, can you hear out of this ear? I said, perfect. Whisper, I'll tell you what you said. So they whispered, looked at themselves. I told them what they said. Whispered. I told them everything they were saying. They said, this is strange. I said, I am strange. I have royal blood flowing through my veins. If you just knew who my daddy was, you'd be treating me a lot better than what you're treating me right now. And they said, sir, you can't go to the military. You don't have an eardrum. I said, I can hear. What difference does the eardrum make? I can hear. They said, you can't go. I said, that's crazy. I can hear. They said, we ain't never seen an eardrum missing and a guy able to hear. I said, I'm hearing you. They said, well, you ain't going. So, well, fine. So they gave me an F class. That was the end of it. And so I gave that $10,000 faith promise, gave all the money I had, putting that offering. The next month, I went to my mailbox, a few days passed, opened my little mailbox at 323. When I opened it, there was an envelope in there. It looked like it was from the Internal Revenue Service. And I said, oh, Lord, the infernal. Y'all catch that next week. And so, and so I took it out, standing in the street, opened up that envelope, and there was a check for $1,200 from the U.S. Air Force. I just told you, I got an elf class. I wasn't in the military. I'm holding that check. 
Like any good man of God, I call my spiritual father. And I said, Pastor, I got this check. I'm standing out in the road on my cell phone. Pastor, I got this check. It's for $1,200. And should I keep it or send it back? He said, son, did they spell your name right? I said, they did. He said, then I suggest you go to the bank, cash it, and get the cash. I said, okay, pastor, see ya. I went to the bank, I got the cash, was all excited, and God said, that's to help you take care of your $10,000 pledge. I said, well, surprise, surprise. Another month passed, another month passed, another month passed, another month, every month I was getting a check, 1200 bucks. U.S. Air Force, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Coy R. Barker. I said, well, my pastor said, my spiritual father said, cash it. I'm cashing it. It never showed up on my income. It's too late now. Seven years has passed. If there happens to be an IRS agent, it's been over seven years. It's over. When I got to the end of paying my $10,000 pledge, I went back to the mailbox the next month. I said, this is working. It wasn't no envelope in there. And God said, I know how to take care of taking care of God's people.